Welcome to the sermon podcast of Kusada Baptist Church. We want to be a lighthouse to guide you on your journey through life. Listen as our pastor, Dr. Jim Graham, shares a message from God's Word and offers sound biblical direction for your daily life. We're in the book of Jeremiah, and we're talking about a prophet who's sharing with his people, with God's people, why things aren't going well. And that sounds like life. Things in life are just not as they should be. And today's lesson is about how do we go about solving our problems. So a lot of you have asked me, like, how did it go with Rachel? How, how did the wedding go and all that kind of stuff? It went great. It was, it was awesome. It went great. And they got back from their honeymoon. We asked her, like, what do you think? Like, how did things go? And there was only one problem. They got back without her luggage. Without her luggage. And But thank goodness it was on the trip back, not on the trip there. And they got back on Sunday, last Sunday, from their honeymoon, and they, she got her luggage on Thursday. So five days without her luggage. And somebody asked me, well, did they have anything valuable in there? I said, are you kidding me? This is a woman on her honeymoon. She, shoes? How many pairs of shoes? How many dress? How many whatever? The good news is, the good news is, if she had lost all of that stuff, it was no longer my problem. <laughs> Amen. Not my problem. I just went, I'm so sorry. Hope it works out. Anyway. She, yes. Don't tell Perlene I said that. We, we should help them. You know, Perlene. Uh, yeah. So I want to talk to you about what we do. What do we do when, you know, life is always throwing problems at us? isn't it always throwing problems at us how do we do that how do we deal with life's problems okay so there's just three blanks to fill in and the first one is words your words can't be empty your words can't be empty in jeremiah 12 verses 2 and 3 it says this you have planted them and they have taken root and prospered your name is on their lips, but you are far from their hearts. Now, this is, this is Jeremiah. He's talking to the Lord, and he's saying, Lord, you planted it. Like, he's the mediator between. You know, he's the prophet talking to the people. So he's talking to God about the people. He says, you've planted them. They've taken root. They've prospered. Their name is on your, your name is on their lips, but their hearts you are far from their hearts. But as for me, Lord, you know my heart. You see me and you test my thoughts. Like, you know my heart's with you, but theirs, not with you. I want to tell you something. Your words matter and they can't be empty. Can't be empty. So the heart's the key here, right? It's really difficult for something to be on your heart and it not also be on your lips. It just automatically happens. You can't help it. It's hard for something to fill your heart and uh, whether it's filling your heart with anger or whether it's filling your heart with joy, it's really hard to keep that from coming out of your lips. It's really hard to do, you know. You walk around, some of you folks, you know, you, I, I already had somebody say to me, like, I just walked by, and I said, hey, and they said, War Eagle. And I said, well, what's up with that, you know? And then you bama people, you're the same way, you're like, roll tide, right? Why? I know what's on your heart, like, 
because that comes out. Roll Tide, War Eagle, like that, that's the stuff. You Some of you people, you got grandkids. I don't have grandkids, right? But you people with grandkids, y'all are crazy, right? You talk about them. You'll flash pictures of them. Like you're all about what they're, what they're doing. You know, the most exciting game you watched yesterday was three-year-olds. And that's, you know, that's what you're all about. If you love Christmas... You are talking about the decorations. You're talking about the plans. I saw somebody say yesterday, is it, this is what they said. Is it too early to start listening to Christmas music? I said, if that's what excites you, go for it. Like, grab it now. Might as well. You only got a couple of months. Just do it, right? So it's what you love. If it's in your heart, it comes out of your mouth. But it is much easier to do the opposite. It is much easier for something to be on your lips and not be in your heart. It's really easy to do. Why? Because we lie. That sounded harsh, didn't it? Let me word it a different way. I don't want to call us liars. Here's what I mean. We say things that we think people want to hear us say. We say things that we think that's what they want us to say, so we say it, even if it's not on our hearts. Now, some of you go like, I don't. You're a cantankerous person, you know, whatever. So let me say it this way for you, okay? We say things to draw the reactions that we want people to have, whether we mean it or not. I was talking to somebody the other day, and this is a person who sometimes they lash out, and we were talking, and it was like, I didn't mean it. That's what they said, I didn't mean it. Like, why did you say it? Well, I was mad, and I was trying to communicate to them how mad I was. So I said something that I don't really mean to evoke a reaction that I wanted them to have. You ever do stuff like that? Right? See, we do that. We will say things that's not on our heart. So Now, that is what Jeremiah was accusing this, this people of. He says, listen, your name is on their lips. They talk about you. I mean, you're going to do it. I mean, think about it. You're at church this morning. No matter what's going on in your life, no matter where your heart is, you're going to say the right things. We are. We're going to say the right things. We're going to say praise the Lord. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to sing the songs. We're going to do that stuff because that's what's on our heart. I mean, that's, what's on our, that's what everybody expects us to do. So we're going to do what everybody expects us to do, whether it's on our hearts or not. And so Jeremiah accuses this whole group of people and he might accuse us as individuals because at some point we've all done it. At some point, every one of us have done it. If you think for one instance that I am so, I know you don't. Those of you who know me, you know this, okay? You know this. You know I'm a regular person. If you think for one moment that for 30 years, Sunday after Sunday, for 30 years, 1,500 Sundays in a row, I have gotten up, and every single one of those weeks, I got up, and my heart was full of Jesus, and what came out of my lips was because Jesus was full in my heart. Or do you think there might have been a Sunday or two where I didn't really want to be here, and I just said, what I, do, you, do you suppose that's possible for any preachers? You say, yes, it is, especially you, Brother Jim. We know you. Well, guess what? I know it's true for me, so I know what? It's true for you. In fact, you can get in such a valley 
that it becomes your pattern that you just say what you think you're supposed to say or or the way you want people to react and God is far from your heart and I just want to tell you it won't work it won't work in fact it becomes so frustrating to try to live dually from where your heart really is that it just tears you apart it's hard to keep that up so here's principle number one I want to tell you the Lord is way more interested in what's in your heart than what's on your lips now, he's interested in what you say, don't get me wrong. But he is way more interested in what's in your heart than what's on your lips. Just saying the right things to God or saying the right things about God doesn't equate with actually having a relationship with God. I'm going to say that one more time. We've got to get those prepositions right, okay? Just what you say to God or what you say about God does not equal with having a relationship with God. He's way more interested in what's in your heart. All right, the second principle I want you to note from Jeremiah, it's not just that your words can't be empty, your container can't be empty. The container can't be empty. Have you ever gone in, I've had this, I, I can't stand this when this happens, you know. You kind of, you're sitting there, you want something, you want a little snack or something. Are any of you cereal people? You know what I'm talking about? You're cereal people, you like cereal. Anybody? I like cereal, you know. And, uh, and I mean, I loved cereal when I was little. I loved cereal, and I loved all the bad ones. Our parents gave us terrible cereals, you know, just full of sugar, you know. Cornflakes? No, frosted flakes, right? You know, we'll give you something healthy. You know, raisin bran. Those raisins are covered with sugar. You know, like we, like whatever it is. You know, we had all the Fruit Loops. You know, that's just sugar flavored like fruit. It's not even fruit. Have you ever noticed why do uh, why does the red, the green, the yellow? Why do they all have the same flavor? That's weird. You know. Anyway, uh, they give us. All these cereals, now I've upgraded to things that look healthier. They're still not healthy. But have you ever poured your bowl of cereal and then realized there's no milk? It's one of the most disappointing moments in life, isn't it? You're just going like, oh, there's no milk, you know? Here's one that happens to me a lot of times. So I get my cup of coffee this m- in the morning and... Uh, I put it in my little Yeti cup so it'll stay hot and it'll last a long time. And I just sip on it throughout. And then I get my second cup of coffee and I bring it to work with me and I'm sipping on it. And then I get to this point and I want, I'm wanting, an, I reach for my cup again because I want another sip of coffee. And guess what? It's gone. That's a sad moment, isn't it? It's always a sad moment when you reach for the container. And, and you want it to be full, you want it to have enough, and it doesn't have enough anymore. And it's empty, you know? That's a sad moment. So Jeremiah uses that moment that the people would understand. We've all had that experience. We all went for something, and it's like, oh, we don't have any, or the container's empty. And he says in Jeremiah 13, verse 12, Say to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Every wineskin should be filled with wine. Now think about this. This is God 
telling Jeremiah what to say to the people. He says, I want you to go to the people and I want you to say to them, every wineskin should be filled with wine. And then he goes on and he said, if they answer you, if they say to you, if their response is, don't we know that every wineskin should be filled with wine? And he goes on and tells them what to say. But it's a simple statement. It's a little weird, right? Why, why is that the message? He's basically saying, I could put it in all kinds of context. Every milk jug should be filled with milk, right? Every ketchup bottle should have ketchup in it, right? Amen. There, that got an amen. Okay, thank you. We, finally, we hit it, you know. Every coffee cup should have coffee in it like that. It should be, have what it's supposed to have in it. It's there for. And so what he's saying is, well, you know what a wine skin's for. It's supposed to have wine in it. Now, we don't use wine skins. We use wine bottles. But he's saying its purpose, the only reason that it is made is to put wine in it. That's what it's for, so it should have wine in it. It's, that's its purpose. It has no other purpose. That's the reason it exists. In fact, an empty one is a sad thing. It isn't doing what it was designed to do. And... For whoever is looking for the thing, when they find the empty version, it's a sad moment. So he says, what I'm trying to tell you is you are a container. You are like the ketchup bottle. You are like the wineskin. You are the milk jug. And you were designed to be filled with the presence of God. That's what you are designed for. So, if the Lord comes to you and finds that you are empty, you are not filled with the presence of God. You're not filled with the Spirit of God. You are, in essence, not fulfilling the purpose you were made for. And it's disappointing. It's not doing what, you're not where you're supposed to be. You're not doing what you're supposed to be. You are an unfulfilled person. It's not who you are. We chase all these other things. If you think about it, do a little exercise. It's really interesting. All these containers have developed over the years. They develop them to become more efficient, to do better at the job they were made to do. And to save money, right? And they keep changing them. We all know this. I'm going to go back to ketchup. There's a generation of us that we know how difficult it was to get ketchup. Some of you young people have no clue how good your life is. We had ketchup in glass bottles. And there was an art form to get the ketchup out. Wasn't there? You had to learn. You had to learn how to pop that thing just right. And even then, sometimes too much would come out. Or it'd get stuck, and you're doing it. And there used to be, I mean, we didn't have YouTube back then, but there were a lot of people who would give you a lot of ideas about how to get ketchup out of a ketchup bottle when it was right. We all know this, right? And now you guys just turn it upside down and squeeze. We're a little bitter about it. I just want you to know you didn't grow up with the pain that we had to grow up with. In fact, they make some ketchup bottles 
that are made to sit on the shelf upside down so it's just ready to go. It's amazing, right? Now, have you noticed, though, they don't put milk in ketchup bottle containers. They don't put other things in ketchup. Have you noticed that? It's like they design things for the liquid or the thing that it's exactly made for with that consistency, with that purpose, and they try to design things that fit what that job, what that thing does. You were made to have a relationship with the Lord. You were made to be filled with His presence. That's what you were made for. And His presence doesn't fill you because you're a good person or because you're doing all the right things. You're, you're filled with His presence because He loves you and He wants to be with you and He's longing to be with you. And if you will open up the door of your heart and say, come on in, I don't want to push you away. I want you to be with me and I want to follow you and be with you and spend time with you and be in relationship with you. That's what it's all about. So principle number two is really simple. Every person should be filled with the presence of God. And it's more than the knowledge of Him, knowledge about Him. It's more than agreeing with the theory of who He is and who Jesus is. These are not, these are not evidences of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Evidence is wine in the wineskin. Evidence is wine in the wineskin. You are filled with the presence of God. The container can't be empty. So how do I deal with problems in life? Well, what's coming out of my mouth is matching what's in my heart. What's in my heart? I'm filled with the presence of God. Now I'll give you one last thing he says to them, and this is in Jeremiah chapter 9, and it is that the source, the source of my help, the foundation of my life, the foundation of how I deal with problems, it can't be you. The source can't be you. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this. That they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. So notice the things he says. He says, if you're smart, it's easy to depend on your smarts. Some of you in here, you're pretty smart. Pretty smart. You may not be smart in everything, but you're smart in some stuff. You're, you know. You know what to do. And you can figure it out. When problems come, just give you some time to think through it, and you can figure it out. And you've gotten out of many jams because you can figure out what to do. If you're powerful, you can depend on your power. Your position solves some problems. We, we start with this as if you're a parent, we, we're, we're, you're in a position of authority and you, you lean on that position to uh, solve some problems. But many of you, you're in other positions of power at your job, uh, in other areas. 
And this solves some problems. There are things that you don't have to do because somebody else has to do them. And others will back down and they will do them because you are you have some authority, you have some power, and you can wield that power, you can use that power to to get some things done. And there are many times where problems have come and you've used your position and your power to make it happen. The third thing he talks about is riches. You got some money. Now you may not have a lot of money, but you have enough money that you can depend on what money can do and and you pay for it. There's a problem. There's a problem, but the solution to the problem is you pay for the solution. And so you gather up enough money, enough funds to pay for the problem. There's a price tag on everything. And money can solve a lot of problems. If there's enough money, you can pay for the solution. And uh, you can just make it happen, right? But I could argue against all three of those things, right? You will find a situation, if you're smart, that you're not smart enough. You can't figure it out. You don't know what to do. There are situations where your position and strength, yes, it gives you privileges, but it also places a lot of responsibility on you, and it can be that it is not enough. Not enough. You can't make it happen. You can't fix the problem. And we all know there are things that it doesn't matter how much money you have, money can't buy. Money can't buy solutions to those problems. Now, here's the thing. It is not Jeremiah's argument that these things aren't valuable resources. He's not saying that having position or power or having money or having intelligence or know it, you know, knowing how to do things, he's not saying those aren't valuable. He's just saying they're secondary. He's just saying that the number one source in dealing with your issues and your problems, is knowing God. That if you have the wisdom and understanding to know God, it doesn't matter about the other things. Why would it matter? He's richer than the richest. He's more powerful than the most powerful, right? He... He's smarter, he knows more than whoever knows the most. Like no, no person, no being, no group has any of the combination of those three things that the Lord has. And if you know the Lord, somebody said this to me yesterday and I hear it almost every week. You've heard this phrase many times. It's not what you know, it's, it's who you know. And somebody was talking about a job or a situation, and, and I looked at them and I said, wow, that's pretty amazing. And they said, well, you know, it's always, it always comes down to who you know, right? And if you know the right people and they find favor with you, then they, they're going to help you, you know, do the things. And if they are smart enough or they are rich enough or they are powerful enough, then they can make it happen because you know them. Well, that's just a person. The Lord is saying the biggest asset that you have is that if you're filled with His Spirit and you know Him, you know the one who's in charge, who has all knowledge, all power, all wealth. 
Whatever you have, the Lord says, I have more. Why are you depending on other things? Why do you run to other things? Why do you try to figure it out? Because you want to control it? Because you want it to happen the way you want to? When we have ultimate trust in someone else, and they say, I can handle it, and you trust them, you let it go. When they don't, when you don't trust them, then, you know, I'll give you a simple, I'll give you a simple explanation. Yesterday, Perlene said, do you want me to make you a sandwich? I said, yeah, I absolutely want you to make me a sandwich. She said, what do you want me to do? What kind of sandwich do you want? And I said, whatever kind of sandwich you want to make me is the one I want, right? Now, if I'm very particular or I don't trust or I whatever, I might give very specific instructions, right? I didn't. I just said, you do it. Go for it. It was a delicious sandwich, by the way, right? But we tend to be, if we know God, then we trust God. And God, when God says, I'm going to handle this, we go like, it's okay if you do something that's not in line with what I want because I, I want what you want. You know better. And I trust you. But when we don't trust him, that's when we start using our, our smarts, our power to handle it. And he says, listen to this about me. And this is how he closes, right? He says, you, if you know me, you know I exercise kindness, justice, and righteousness. He said, I'm kind. I love you. I'm not this brutal, judging God that's holding your imperfection over you. No, I'm kind and understanding. I am just. I am perfectly just. I do things the right way. I'm righteous. It will be right if you will trust me. So here's what I'm asking of you today. I realize that, that we all face problems. And my question is, how are we going to solve our problems? How are we going to deal with what we're dealing with? We're going to do it on our own? Is he just on our lips? Is my heart half full? Is it, am, am I on a quarter of a tank? Or, or am I chasing after Jesus Christ with all that I am to be full of him and to depend on him and for him to be the source of everything I need? We're about to sing a song in closing. It's called Above All. Lord, above everything else, it's you. Above all of my abilities, my powers, above any other power on this earth or anything, you're above everything. And I realize that as a whole, but I want that to be true for me personally, that in my life, you're above everything. And I'm going to lean on you, and I'm going to go to you, and the thing that I'm dealing with right now, I'm going to you. And I'm trusting in you that you have got this. You've got this. And you can help me with this. And I can trust you and depend on you. Let me pray for you. Dear Lord, I thank you for who you are and that we can trust you. I thank you that no matter what's going on in my life, you know the answer. You have the power to deal with the answer. You have every resource you need. If I just trust you, Lord. If I would just run to you. Lord, there's someone in this room right now. And 
it just hits home when we start thinking about that I just say what I think needs to be said and it's not really where my heart is because my heart's not where it should be. It's just not. And Lord, right now, I lift that person up to you. I pray right now in this moment they would say to you, fill me, Lord, with your presence. I want what comes out of my mouth to be truly from my heart. And I want you to fill my heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. It is our prayer that it's been helpful in this part of your life journey. We invite you to join us at Kusada Sunday mornings for worship. Visit our website at kusadabaptist.org for directions and more information about our church.